This is the IDP After Show. And welcome to the IDP After Show. I am one of your co-hosts this evening, uh, Jake Colhagen, alongside the Boo Bam, uh, also more affectionately known as Jeff to me. Uh, welcome in to everybody. Uh, we do not have Evan tonight, but you know what? I think we're still going to do it right uh, and make this really fun for you. Uh, you know, with that, I think we're just going to jump right into it. Tonight, we have the Keep Trade Cut Rookie Dynasty Edition. So what uh, what Jeff did for us is he pulled in all of the top rookies for each position. So defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, and uh, everyone right around him in terms of that uh, dynasty value. And we were looking at some of the, the drafts we've had going on this offseason so far to gather this information uh, and put it all together. And what we want to do is, again, talk through that keep trade cut. So who is who we keeping on that roster because we foresee strong you know, early value or long-term value or both. Who are we trading because we want to maximize the value of them, whether that's name or, or potentially even just overall value. And then who are we cutting because you know, out of these guys, we just don't have a place for them on our team anymore. We just don't see the value comparably to the other ones here. I think in some situations, obviously, we'd love to keep everyone, but this is helping us make some of those hard decisions. So, so with that said, I think we're going to jump right into it, starting with defensive line. Jeff, take us away. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Uh, one thing with this, too, is like this is kind of like if it's a dynasty startup and you're looking at all three of these players right at the same time, who, you, who who is your target? Who is your guy you want to draft to kind of build your team around? And so we're going to start off with defensive linemen. And to sneak Will Anderson in there, we started with Joey Bosa at ADP 11, Quinn Williams at ADP 12, and Will Anderson Jr. at ADP 13. And so we're going to start with Joey Bosa. Um, Joey Bosa is kind of like the Matt Ryan of IDP. Uh, there was kind of a, a joke a few years ago with Matt Ryan every even year. He would just kind of go off, and if it's an odd year, you didn't draft Matt Ryan. Uh, Joey Bosa is kind of like the same, in the same boat. Um, Joey Bosa will be 28 by the time the season starts. He's played eight NFL seasons. Three of those seasons, he's had 800-plus snaps every odd year, 2017, 2019, and 2021 have been his banner years. So if you're into that kind of thing, 2023 is probably a year for you. But um, there might be some pause there for some of you, so... Looking at Joey Bosa's stats, um, 2017, he had 40 tackles with 13 and a half sacks. 2019, he was looking at 50 tackles and 12 and a half sacks. And in 2021, he had 31 tackles and 10 and a half sacks. So he is um, definitely a big splash play, um, one of the top targets year in and year out. But I think a lot of it has to do with his name. Unfortunately, in five of those eight seasons he's played, he's played less than 16 games. So you have that to kind of go with as well. So. Jake, what are your thoughts on Joey Bosa? So, yeah, I love where you got, right? Number one for me was availability, like you hit on, right? He's only got those three seasons over 800 snaps. Um, all of the other ones are under, you know, 570 snaps total. Now, the fun thing is, is he's still very elite as he's proven at times because even some of those lower total seasons in terms of snaps, he still managed to produce some high sack numbers. Um, for me, though, really, it's his career pass rush pressure percentage pass rush pressure percentage wow a lot of p's there uh four right 14.9 percent career uh, uh set there or mark for him that's what really gives me a lot of hope about him long term even if availability is still kind of meh and when you look at his lowest pff pass rush grade of 70.8 uh 
and then 81.9 past that, and then 84.2. The other five seasons, 90 plus. Clearly, he is elite, and he's able to deliver in some form or fashion. The, you talked about some of the tackle numbers. A little bit above average in terms of tackle efficiency for defensive linemen. Um, and then, you know, he's in a situation where it's, it's him and Mac, and Mac's put up some respectable production here uh, kind of on the tail end of his career as well. So an interesting situation to work with with not a, a high level of talent around that group, but, you know, enough that, you know, he's not the only guy there um, working through that. So... With that said, looking at the other guy, Quinnen Williams, uh, number 12 in the ADP, coming off a career year, going into the contract year. So if you kind of like those narrative type things, um, you have that going for him. Uh, a 9.54% pass rush pressure rate this last year. Uh, that's a really great number for defensive tackles. And if you're in a defensive tackle required league, that stands out for you. But here we're talking just pure defensive linemen. So likely on your sleeper formats or or maybe some of those combo-type format uh, leagues. Uh, but that, So that number is not amazing in terms of some of your overall or your elite defensive linemen where you'd be drafting this guy. 6.8% tackle efficiency, efficiency, again, slightly above average. And now you're looking at his best pass rush grade in PFF in his four-year career. It was this last year at 84.1, which would have put him at you know uh, Joey Bosa's third worst pass rush grade. Um, and then, you know, it teeters off in, his, in the years before that, 77, 70, 57. So, um, but with Williams, though, they've built up a strong supporting caster on that defensive line. So is this a situation we see with, you know, like the Eagles and the Redskins, where I always like to say uh, a rising tide raises all boats. So all this talent is going to make everyone's production just a little bit better. So that's what I got for Quinn and Williams. What are you looking at? Uh, you hit a lot of things that I was saying, you know, too, you know, the defensive interior position eligibility is huge. Um, he's got going into his second year with Robert Sala as a head coach who really coached up the San Francisco defense, who made them like what they are today. And I think finally getting some of the pieces there are going to make them kind of an upper talented team. Um, they got guys in the secondary, Sauce Gardner, who's going to be able to lock down receivers, who allows the defensive linemen to get a little more time to get to the quarterback. Um Quinn Williams had 13 sacks last season, so I think on uh, his 690 snaps. So that's, you know, even if he increases his snap total just a slightly, I mean, I think he's going to have that same proficiency and that efficiency there. So I, I think the the sky's the limit for him. The other thing I like about him, too, is I think the Jets are going to have a lot more positive game script. They're going to be leading later in games, um, hopefully maybe with Aaron Rodgers um, playing quarterback for them. They might have some more leads later in games, forcing the other teams to throw the ball a little bit more at the end of the game providing a little more opportunity for Williams and the other defensive linemen to get some uh, tackles and sacks. So instead of just running the ball out with Zach Wilson to in the third and fourth quarter. So that brings us to the rookie, Will Anderson Jr., who was drafted by the Houston Texans. Um, obviously, we don't have any NFL snaps on him at all, um, but his college tape, his college uh, scoring is elite. He's um, elite defensive player. He's elite pass rusher. He's elite um, rush defender. Um, a little light in the tackling, which is kind of surprising for a player um, of his caliber. Uh, the one nice thing about him is he's got that dual eligibility with defensive end and linebacker on sleeper right now. So um, if you're drafting him, probably going to use him as your defensive end position, which he probably will play more of in the NFL. He did have 37 sacks in college, which is pretty 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 amazing for a college player, you know, when they're only playing 12, 14 games a season versus the NFL's now 
you know, more rigorous schedule. So Jake, what do you got for Mr. Will Anderson Jr.? So, I mean, yeah, it, we don't have the NFL stuff, but what we do have is we have the fact that Houston traded a crap ton of draft capital, and I'm saying that as a Houston Texans fan, uh, to go up and get this guy and presumably make him a cornerstone of this franchise. So I see a lot of you know what, what Aiden Hutchinson's path looked like last year. He's going to be high volume he is a playmaker and he's going to find a way to make splashy plays. He's probably going to be a little more boom bust this year one, uh, but he's got a strong defensive oriented coaching staff. That's just in place for the first year. They're, you know, they're really trying to build out this team around him and CJ Stroud. So um, with that said, I think he's just, he's kind of, kind of a lock to be in place for many years and many snaps. So and, and you, you hit all the other you know strong metrics and, and college production for him for that as well. So, so with that said, that, that leads us to the ultimate decision, right? Who are we keeping? Who are we trading? Who are we cutting? So for me, uh, you know, going down that KTC line, I'm keeping Will Anderson Jr. I love the upside and I love the youth. I'm trading Joey Bosa based, you know, on the fact that he's produced large numbers seasons before and on that namesake. And heck, even maybe thanks to his brother a little bit, right? And, and Nick Bosa, um, that, that, that bloodline is going to make him a very tradable asset. And I'm cutting Quinn and Williams. He's in a DT required league. Uh, this is might this might look a little different, but straight DL. Uh, I, I love me some some D tackle on my on my team, but here I got to cut him. So where do, where do you land on these guys? Uh, similar. I'm actually gonna keep uh, Will Anderson Jr. I think the upside is there. The youth. We're looking at a, a player who's three or four years younger than the next closest guy on this list. Um, like you said, uh, the Houston Texans almost pulled a draft age trade to trade back up. I want all my picks back, you know, and they, so they got him back. And um, I think, he, like you said, he's going to be a cornerstone of that defense for years to come. So he's definitely my keep. I'm actually going to uh, trade Quinn and Williams. I think he's got um, a very high safe floor. Um, last year he was 20 or uh, uh, 11th in scoring at the defensive position, defensive end position or defensive line position in um, sleepers format. So I think he's got a high floor and I'm going to cut Bosa just for the fact that He's the oldest of the crew. He's injury riddled. I mean, he's it's time to head out to pasture, dude. <laughs> and I say that as a Badger fan, having to watch him play many, many, many games that from Ohio State when they played the Badgers. So I'm happy to see him go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Moving into linebacker. Who we got at the start of that group? Yeah, so our first or our three candidates for this one are uh Nicobe Dean coming in at ADP twenty five. Jack Campbell, the rookie, coming in at ADP 26. And last year's first-round rookie, Devin Lloyd, coming in at ADP 27. So, Jake, what are you thinking about Mr. Dean here? So, for me, Dean and Nicholas Morrow are likely the lead linebackers there. But for me, I'm not 100% sold. And I think I've talked about this on a different podcast uh, here on the After Show. But, um, you know, Dean had the green dot for a very small sample at the end of 2022. But Morrow has played in multiple systems for team and has been the green dot um, in those situations at times as well and did it most recently with the Chicago Bears for the entirety of last season over IDP fan favorites Roquan Smith and Jack Campbell as well. Um, you know, with that said, there is a coaching staff change on the defensive side too as well. Sean Desai coming in from Seattle. There's no guarantee that, you know, he's going to be in love with Nicole Dean. He wasn't there to draft him, so... Um, there, you know, Gannon's still in place or not Gannon, excuse me. Um, wow. I'm totally blanking on, 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 I can picture his face being all 
weird on the sideline. The Eagles head coach, the head coach stayed the same. Oh, <laughs> uh, you'll think of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that stayed in place. But again, the defensive side, a little bit of a shakeup there. So, so I, I I don't see it as a necessarily a lock for him in that role. But we'll see here where that lands us. So, uh, what are you thinking about Nakobe? Yeah, so Nakobe Dean uh, is moving into an ideal situation. Uh, the Eagles had moved on from T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, who had over 2,000 snaps combined last season. Um, they only brought in Nick Morrow, who's kind of a journeyman in his own right. Um, so he's going to have a clear path to snaps. But like you had mentioned, Jake, nothing's guaranteed with that new defense. Um, he graded out pretty well in his his limited snaps. The problem is he only played 47 snaps as a rookie, which, like you mentioned, is kind of concerning. Um, he did have a... a a pre-draft pec injury that maybe limited his snaps, but it really felt like the coaching staff there really wanted Edwards and White on the field. So, um, you know, who's to say they're not going to keep him and not sign a free agent because they just gave Hertz a bag a load of money, so they're going to have to have some cheap options somewhere along the line. So maybe maybe the linebacker spot's a place that they punt. So um, moving on to the next player, Jack Campbell, coming in at ADP 26. Um, here again, we don't have any um, pro snaps on this individual, this young man, but you know he's coming in almost at the same age as Nicobe Dean, playing four years at Ohio State or Ohio, Iowa. So he's got um, obviously knows what he's doing. Big Ten's all about stopping the run, um, taking on offensive linemen and things like that. So he's he, he obviously knows what his role is and how to take care of himself and do that. He graded out amazingly well in college. Uh, as a defensive player, as a rush defender, and even in coverage. So he's not going to come off the field at all. He's going to be out there biting kneecaps, doing all those things that his coach loves to see. You know, and another thing with the, with IDP players is that draft capital and having them take him where they did, I don't see him coming off the field at all. So what are your thoughts on Jack Campbell? Jack Campbell. And I got to say, it was it Nick Sirianni was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles that I, for some reason, can't remember. But if they kept it easy like this, where it's Jack Campbell and Dan Campbell, right? Like all IDPs should match their coach's name. That would just make things so much easier for people like me. Uh, but you know, for all the facts that you hit on there with Jack Campbell, I totally agree. Uh, you know, just anecdotally, he was my favorite linebacker coming in. Um, you know, the, he was a RAS monster at the Combine. Uh, amazing range on film. Two-year starter, which you know, uh, Macri talked about, you know, uh, snaps equating to ex- success. At least that's kind of some of the early indication in some of his works. And it makes sense as a two-year starter that Campbell come in uh, and be able to kind of just jump right into the, to that linebacker room and maybe even take command of it. Um, Alex Anzalone is the key competition. I get they just gave him a decent contract for the next couple of years, uh, but he's only really graded well with one metric above 60 in the last two seasons combined. Uh, out of the five primary defensive uh, PFF graded spots. So not likely a high hurdle for him to get over at that point. Um, but yeah, and I absolutely love the high draft capital. It might be one of the highest highest drafted linebackers we've seen in the last few years. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you look at someone like a Devin White, who was a really high first round pick and, and he's not graded well for PFF, but he just keeps finding a way to be out there. And so um, I think this is a thing where Campbell's pretty well insulated uh, for the for the foreseeable future. It's interesting um, that Detroit kind of punted on like the whole draft. You know, like they did everything against the grain. Don't take running backs early. Don't take yep. linebackers early. You know, they've kind of been devalued over the last few years across, you know, uh, the actual draft and things like that. And here Detroit goes 
first round of both positions. So I think that's kind of telling too is what they're going to go after. So totally agree. And then moving on from one first round linebacker to the next year, we got Devin Lloyd, ADP 27. So again, got that high draft capital and he was a darling of the IDP rookie season last year uh, or rookie off season, right? Uh, this was a, a big target for a lot of people. Uh, but he was someone who did get moved to the bench uh, in week 12 of last season in favor of another rookie, Chad Muma. Uh, he did earn his spot back, quote unquote, uh, got the starter role for the, the back half of the season, but still didn't really have uh, the strongest end to the season that you would like to have seen. So an up and down season, but you know, the athleticism bounds with this, this guy. He, that was one of the things that, you know, really drew people to him a lot coming into the off season last year. Um, he will likely stick again, high draft capital and athleticism will do that. I just talked about Devin White. So here's another namesake in Devin that will probably do the same, but the PFF grades really are lacking for him. 39.5 tackle grade, 32.4 coverage grade. Um, and really, you know, just average tackle efficiency, which is kind of one of those key things in linebackers. I know it's not necessarily the most skill-based stat, but it's the one that drives linebacker IDP production the most too. Um, and also just limited upside too, in terms of some of the other big plays. You only had 74 pass rush attempts when uh, the defensive coordinator was the former uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker coach. And we thought, you know, maybe we'd see what uh, we saw with Devin White and Levante David in terms of some of that pass rush upside, but not really for Devin Lloyd here in year one. Uh, so who knows what year two's got for him? Where where do you land with Devin Lloyd? A lot of the same things that you just mentioned too, Jake, with uh, you know the, the PFF grades for him as in, in his rookie season weren't there. But if you go back to his college like metrics, they're like elite. Maybe some of the some of the best linebacking scores we've seen. You know he had uh, a ninety point three defensive grade coming out his senior year out of Utah. So like he's he's definitely has the the physical makeup and the tools and the motor. Um, I just think maybe he had that that the rookie the rookie haze or that rookie hangover a little bit where things were happening way too fast for him. And like you mentioned, he's a first round draft pick. Um, he's, they're going to give him all the opportunity that they can. Um, it was kind of a head scratcher last year during the draft when they drafted Muma out of Wyoming, and everyone's like, "Oh, they just ruined two linebackers in the draft and stuff like that." So we'll kind of see how this plays out. He did get 17 starts last season out of the 19 games, so. Um, so it does have that going for him. So kind of looking at the keep trade cut for these three individuals, I, I'm i all in on Jack Campbell as my keep. He's, uh, you know, everything that you're looking for in a linebacker, just gritty and going to stick his nose in everywhere. He's not afraid to to do all the, the dirty work, and I think that's exactly what his head coach wants out of his linebacker, just that, just that nasty get in there and biting the kneecaps. Um, I'm going to keep Campbell. I'm going to trade N'Kobe Dean. I think right now, like his his stock is higher than it's it's going to be. Like he's exceeding, or his value right now is really really elevated with all the, the the hype, and and then that leaves with Devin Lloyd with the cut. I think just his his first season and the emergence of Muma there stealing some snaps and starts, I think is going to kind of devalue his usage. So, spin it back to you. What are you thinking for these three? Well, a wise man once told me, keep Campbell, trade Dean, and cut Lloyd. So that's exactly where I'm landing as well. Um, I, I love Campbell. I just, I think, clear path to lead that linebacking room as early as this season. I, I really, my gut tells me, I don't know when their exact bye week is, but that's when we see a lot of rookie transitions in terms of taking the next step uh, in, in their playing time and, and their responsibility in, in, in NFL teams. 
So by their bye week or after their bye week, I expect Jack Campbell to be the lead linebacker in that room. Um, if not sooner, if he somehow just blows them away at camp. Uh, trade, I agree. To me, this is on paper, Lloyd should have the better trade value. But Dean is just, the the market's super high on him is what I get from the leagues I'm in and, and people I talk to. So I'm, I'm, I'm selling that. I'm selling the market valuation of him because, yeah, I, I don't think it can get any higher than, than what it currently is because um, I'm just not as sold on his clear path to production for this year either. And then Devin Lloyd, I just, the fact that you got benched after, you know, your first 11 games, uh, I mean, yes, he did earn it back and he, and, he sh- and he had some big splash plays. I just, I, I don't think that the market's as high as him. So to me, it's just why, why make the effort when I can think I can get more out of Dean. So with that, that takes us into the final group, our defensive backs. We got Jalen Thompson at 34, Dax Hill at 35, and Brian Branch at 36. Jeff, talk to me about Jalen Thompson. Uh, Yeah, so Jalen Thompson is, when you think of Arizona's defensive backs, he's probably not the one that comes to mind. Everyone's all in on Buda Baker, and rightfully so. But uh, Jalen Thompson actually has um, two seasons of 100-plus tackles in the last two years. He's had 1,000-plus snaps in the last two years. He's actually led the team in snaps on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, uh, he's kind of the the discounted Buda Baker. You know, Buda Baker is going to go substantially higher in drafts. But Jalen Thompson's probably as productive, if not more productive, and you're getting him at a, a cheaper value. He's almost kind of like the the Dre Greenlaw of linebackers when you can get Fred, why get Fred Warner in the first when you can get uh, Dre Greenlaw later on. So, uh, speaking of Buda Baker, he might not even be on the team by the time the season rolls around. He's clearly not happy with the way that team and the direction are going, and it, it sounds like it's a sinking ship in Arizona. So, um, if Buda Baker does leave, there is you know all the opportunity to work for Jalen Thompson to be successful. In 2022, he had almost 1,100 snaps. Um, he played 320 of those snaps in the box, which is about 30%, which is a pretty high percentage for uh, safeties. And so that leads to a lot of tackle opportunities. Playing on a horrible team with a bad offense, teams are going to be running the ball against him late in game. So he's just going to be like soaking up tackles, playing near the line again. So, um, you know, IDP is all about opportunity and things like that. So, Jalen Thompson's on the field a lot, and I think he's going to get a lot of tackle opportunities on that defense. So what are your thoughts on Jalen Thompson? Yeah, the only thing that I really have to add to that is is they do have a bit of an ambiguous secondary with Isaiah Simmons potentially um, kind of hopping into more of that slot overhang defender type role. And, you know, they'll probably do some rotational stuff and and maybe end up uh, absorbing some of that sweet spot usage for Jalen Thompson a bit. But even with that starting to happen more so last year, his his numbers really didn't drop too drastically. Um, actually, I thought they had dropped further than what they were. When I looked into him, I was like, oh, we're really only talking 50, 60 snaps over the course of a season when he's a 1,000, 1,100 snap player. That's mm-hmm. In the end, that's really not that bad of a situation. So uh, really not too much to add to that. Yeah, and, and I guess just lastly, the, the Buda Baker thing, right? Like he's actually – requested a trade so i mean he's yeah he's very clearly unhappy with the situation whatever it'd be there for them um but yeah talking about you know um a secondary wanting wanting to leave and going to a guy in dax hill where all the secondary did leave so von bell out uh jesse bates out and we got we got dax hill left um from the rookie draft and uh, and i know they brought in another guy but 
you know, the competition should clearly lead for for Dax Hill to be one of the lead safeties coming out of this year. And, you know, he's a guy who in college was primarily a slot guy, uh, but he did show some versatility in, in playing some of the other spots in terms of uh, playing in the box a little bit, playing deep a little bit. So having an open you know, secondary competition or availability and that level of versatility, I think, will bode well for him. Uh, the defense, I think, is just likely to still see uh, a decent number of pass attempts against it with a strong Bengals offense on the other side of the ball, which has kind of been the case for the last few years, and I think that should only continue at this point. Um, the pass rush, you know, they, they got Miles Murphy. They still have Hendrickson uh, and Osai and, and Hubbard, so they've, they've done enough to keep that defense relevant and strong in the front so that the back end can be successful as well, so I'm, I'm really happy there. And then, and even when he did get on the field last year, over two-thirds of his snaps were in that sweet spot in a limited role, about 150-ish, 160-ish snaps. So um, most of it in the slot, but hey, if he's even if he's relegated to a primary slot role, not likely with Mike Hilton there, but if that somehow is where he ends up mostly, um, you see people like Antoine Winfield definitely make the most out of that as a, as a safety. So very, very interested to see where, where Dax Hill goes there. Yeah, I kind of have a lot of the same things. Um... He was a first-round draft pick, so the capital is there. Um, the, he did have, uh, like you said, Jesse Bates and Von Bell are gone now, so those snaps are all vacated. They did bring in Nick Scott from uh, the Rams, and they also um, did draft uh, Jesse Battle, who from Alabama. And like Jordan you said, Battle. Jer- I'm sorry, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. I'm thinking Jesse Bates, Jordan Bell. Jesse Bates, yeah, too many, yeah. <laughs> so um, with the with bringing in Battle and things like that, like you said. Not really sure where the, he's going to have his line in college. Um, Hill lined up a lot in the slot. He didn't play that much of the box. About 16% of the snaps were in the box, so about half as much as Jalen Thompson did last season. Um, and then whose role is Hill going to take over? Is he going to take up that free safety spot where Jesse Bates played deeper, or is he going to take over that Von Bell where he's playing closer to line? And I think that's going to be a really important training camp battle to kind of be watching for, to kind of see how they align. And then where does Nick Scott fit into that mix too? Um, you know, he signed at a very low veteran minimum to come in. And again, just kind of like um, the case in, in, in Philadelphia where they have to have cheap options because they had to pay Jalen Hurts. Cincinnati is going to be, you know, writing some big checks here pretty soon. If they want to keep Higgins, they've got Jamar Chase and, you know, Burrow's probably going to make a good coin coming up too. So they're going to have to have some cheap options somewhere. And I think, you know, this is kind of maybe where they're going to see some savings of the money. So, um, moving on to our last player and our last rookie here, Mr. Brian Branch, also from Alabama. Um, here we have a player who we thought was going to get drafted first round, kind of slid a little bit in the draft. Um, but he, amazing college tape. He uh, checks all the boxes, what you want. Game manager, general on the field, playing all the positions. He played 136 snaps last season in the box, which is about 18, 19%. Um, he did have... A ton of tackles and four to 89 tackles in 14 games. He did have two interceptions that he returned for touchdowns. So he's he's definitely a playmaker on the field. And I think Detroit is really starting to kind of build something on all three levels. You know, they got Aiden Hutchinson on the front line. They've got, you know, as we mentioned before, Jack Campbell now playing in the middle. And then now they have Brian Branch. The only hesitation I have with Mr. Branch is all of the signings that they have and all of the secondary pieces they still have there. Um, they brought in. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson. They have Kirby Joseph there, and they have Tracy Walker who's there, and all played pretty pretty well. 
And so just, again, just like Cincinnati is kind of interesting to see how the training camp battle plays, where are they going to play branch? You know, he's got, he's got the name, he's got everything to hype right now, but you know, during the training camp where are players going to get their snaps from, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson's looking for a big payday. He, play, he signed a one-year contract, a prove it deal. He wants to, he wants to make some, make some money for himself too. So Jake, what are you thinking about Mr. Branch? Well, thanks for extending that branch to me. To oh, uh, ah, segways abound. Yeah, uh, no, I mean you—you you really nailed it, though. The one thing uh, in terms of some of those pieces that are there, right? Tracy Walker will be interesting, right? Because he's coming off an Achilles, so that's that's a pretty significant injury. Not a lot of data for you know safeties or or cornerbacks in terms of Achilles injuries and kind of the impact on that. But regardless, it's still a major one for for a guy who's a little bit older in terms of NFL career as well. So. That said, you know, nothing's guaranteed in terms of his playing time either. You know, Branch was someone who was a playmaker in college and was highly touted coming in, um, still was one of the, you know, the top drafted, uh, you know, safeties or, you know, uh, slot corners in, in that regard too. But um, th- th- just not, nothing's guaranteed for me in terms of what he's done and and the lack of, you know, versa- overall versatility gives me a little bit of concern with him, right? Like he was playing almost exclusively in the slot uh, in his time at Alabama. And so all that said, I think you're kind of nailed on all the other points. You know, I, th- I think he's a very exciting prospect, but it's all, it's all kind of guesswork at this point. So, um, that said, keep trade cut. So for me, I land on, and maybe this is not the one that people would have thought. Cause it's honestly, when I, when I looked at it on paper, this isn't where I thought I'd land, but I'm, I'm keeping Jalen Thompson. And so for me, what it boils down to is his defensive back is one of the most variable positions in terms of IDP scoring, yet he's found a way to be, you know, back-to-back 100-plus tackle seasons. One of them was 125, 130 tackle season. Um, you know, he's playing on a defense where he's got the role. They did, they just extended him uh, onto a second contract. You know, he's he's set in place for at least the next two years. And, heck, that, that's good enough for me in terms of dynasty for, for a defensive back position. Um, who I'm uh, trading, I'm actually going to trade Brian Branch. And for me, I'm trading that based on the fact that I think his value probably won't be any higher than it is right now. And I think for me, that's that's kind of the the allure of it, right? That someone's going to be excited because the the Lions are kind of a buzz. They're a, a dark horse team or, you know, they're, they're trending in the right way. And, and they got this guy who was a, you know, a top defensive option and they picked him up in the draft. I think late in the second round or middle of the second round, whatever it was. And, you know, so I think we're good there. And then Dax Hill for me is a cut. I think, unfortunately to me, this is just understanding the market. I think a bit, I just think that people aren't really, you know, they kind of forget Dax Hill. It was, it was an unsexy pick at the end of last year, at the end of the first round. And they had established veterans, you know, and you know, people don't really talk a ton about, you know, secondary movement always in the off season. So it's just, it's kind of a forgotten piece, I think in, in the marketplace. And so there's, I don't see a lot of market value. So that's who I'm going to go ahead and cut. It's exactly the same for me. Uh, I'm keeping Jalen Thompson. I think the production is there. He's proved it. Yep. He is, he's about as solid as they come as far as year to year consistency. And like you said, there is no consistency in defensive back from year to year. And, but Jalen Thompson's kind of, he's done it. He's got steady production. Um, and he's, there's no reason for him not to continue that again this year. That team is just going to be decimated on maybe both sides of the ball, and they're clearly in a rebuild. A lot of question marks, but the only 
question mark that they don't have or that they have an answer to is Jalen Thompson playing. So I'm going to keep Jalen Thompson. I'm going to trade Brian Branch. Again, just not understanding that role where he's going to fit in. And like you mentioned, too, he, he played a lot of snaps in the slot. He played 768 snaps in college. 569 of those snaps were in the slot. And so for a player to, to score well, he's got to be put in a, a position on the football field to like make plays. And there's no saying that he can't score well out of the slot. But um, if you're going to be drafting a player, you want him to be in the most ideal position you can. And of these three players, he's he's not for me. The player that's in the least favorable position for me is Dax Hill as well. Um, I just think he's going to play the Jesse Bates role. He's going to play deep. He's not going to get a lot of opportunity. Uh, Jordan Battle is there. I think he's just going to get a ton of play. He's going to probably be that in-the-box guy. Um, Nick Scott, he's a jag, but he's he's a solid jag. Like, they brought him in for a reason. You've got that, like, kind of veteran leadership that they're looking for in a young secondary and so I think he's going to probably see the field more than um, Dax Hill owners would like. So that's where I got him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I enjoyed it. That was good. It was, like I said, it was fun for me because you, you see these names on paper, and then you get excited about it. And you're like, ah, yeah, it's clearly this, right? And I'm just like, start digging into the research, you know, a little bit, the numbers. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily land where I thought on all this. So I hopefully for everybody else out there who listened to this, they, they got a little bit of the same kind of that additional perspective, you know, thinking through it and heck, maybe it doesn't even align with your thinking, but it gives you a way to approach it. Um, and, and, you know, have some more varied thought and, and consideration into that. So any, any final thoughts for you, Jeff, on, on the keep trade cut for the, for the dynasty rookie edition here? No, I think that you just said to Jake, I think kind of looking a little deeper, like, yeah, there's some sexy names on this list, but you know, you know, as well as I do that sometimes sexy names don't always win championships. It's always like, the guy who's getting the snaps, getting the opportunity to make plays. And if you're able to to, to draft one of these players or draft one of the other, the sexier names and then flip them later for, you know, you know, if you look at the list of like Joey Bosa, Quinn and Williams and Will Anderson, Quinn and Williams is not the sexy name on that list. You know, you've got Joey Bosa's, they got the name, the recognition. You're looking at Will Anderson's a hot, flashy rookie, you know, but when you look at the numbers, Quinn and Williams might be the guy to walk away with. So if you can draft like a Bosa and Anderson, but then later on flip them for a, a Quinn and Williams and a, another piece, you know, that's, that's smart football. That's, that's how you win championships. So. Nope. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you for your time tonight, Jeff. I appreciate it as always uh, as a friendly reminder, obviously, if you're listening to this, uh, you're likely subscribed to the IDP show.com. Uh, but for some of our premium offerings, uh, we do have the draft kit that's out there. Uh, that's, I, I just, I don't know how, you know, if you have any consideration about IDP football, and you must if you're listening to this, this this thing is is phenomenal. I know that I put way too much time into it. Uh, I'm sure Jeff can say the same thing. Cheat codes, uh, right? So many others did. I mean, the, the work that Addy puts in almost every day, daily, into his rankings. You know, he's got mixed rankings. He's got just IDP rankings. He's got dynasty. You know, Josh is out there doing redraft. I mean, there we got so many things. There's in season things that'll be unlocked. Uh, with with seasonal rankings or weekly rankings, um, it, the list goes on and on and on. And then there's roster evals from you know these two fine folks right here that you're listening to right now. Um, we've done, gosh, I don't know how many have we done of those already. 15, 20? Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. They've been a lot of fun too. Just talking football, getting new perspectives from uh, different owners from around the world. It's awesome. It's such a cool yeah. experience. Well, around the world, I I, I did one for uh, a former WWE wrestler. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's like it's crazy and awesome just the people who play IDP and who you get to meet doing some of this stuff. And you you, you listeners are awesome, um, whether you're subscribed or not, or whether you're premium members or not. We we love having you, you know. But hey, I just want you to know we got some amazing benefits out there. If you want to tap into them, highly recommend it. So, um, with that though, I am I am IDP Jake. This is Jeff. This Boo Bam, saying until next time. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>